Welcome to the vault where you can find the code to unlock your success. In this space, I invite real, inspiring and successful experts. We have eye-opening conversations about the way to reach your highest potential in life and in business. We will cover the mastery of mindset, energy, emotions, transformation, sales, marketing, thriving in business without losing your authenticity and balance. Hi, I'm Sonia Martinovic and host of The Vault, an entrepreneur, mindset mastery and online business coach with an obsession on real transformation. I'm on a mission to help entrepreneurs and other influencers master the mindset and build a successful and impactful business. Do you want to break free from your limitations and express your truest self in business and in life? Is growth your game and success your aim? Then you are in the right place. Welcome to the vault. Let's start cracking your code. And welcome to another episode where we level up with this amazing guest. Amira Alvarez is the founder and CEO of The Unstoppable Woman, a global coaching company helping entrepreneurs, empire builders, athletes, creatives, and rising stars in all fields achieve their dreams and goals in record time. As someone who has made a quantum leap going from barely making six figures to making 700K in one year and then into seven figures, has lived to tell about it. She knows exactly what tactical strategies and mindset is required to get out of your own way, live life on your terms, and master the art of achieving any goal you set your mind to. Welcome, Amira. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, me too. I'm so excited to have you here. And I'm so curious about your your story. Tell our listeners a little bit more about what got you into doing this. Absolutely. So fundamentally, I was a good student, someone who was living a great middle-class life. I had you know, done well in school. I got my degree. I got good jobs and was, was living life basically by the books, right? How to get ahead, how to do things. And then I, I left my corporate job and I started my own business. And that was a, a story in and of itself about like what inspired that. But basically I saw someone who had a great life and I was like, I want that life. Yeah. She looks like she's having an amazing time. <laughs> and so I, I went and, and started a whole, a whole business. And when I did that, I realized I had no idea how to start a business, how to run a business. So I had to really figure that out. And I learned so much along the way. And, and then I moved across the country, closed that business and started a new business and had to do the same thing over again. And in the process of really building both of those businesses, I recognized that there is a methodology for scaling, for, for, for moving forward, for getting ahead. And then I was, even though I considered myself a good person, a hard worker, I had good work ethic, I didn't understand what that methodology was, what actually created more success more quickly. And although I was doing okay, I saw people out there in the world who were like, how does Beyonce do this? How does Oprah do this? How does Richard Branson do this? And, yeah. and I, was, I was willing to compare myself to people who were so far ahead of me. And I recognized that there were some, 
some aspects of success that I was just blind to. I really did not understand. Mm. And, and I went and I searched out figuring out what led to success. What, what were the key components of it? And I did some really deep study, some challenging work. I pushed myself past my comfort comfort zone and really took off that year that I went from 138 to 700. And it was quite a ride, I have to say. And I'm happy to tell all the details on, on that. Um, but that's, that's basically the context. Like I was someone who uh, had a nice middle-class lifestyle. I, I was doing okay for myself. It wasn't a rags to riches story. It was a middle-class to like good to great story. And, yeah. you know, the, the first year I started the second business, I, I, I made 30 K in roughly six months. So it wasn't a whole lot and that's us dollars. And then the second year I made 90 K. So I tripled my income. I was feeling pretty decent. And this was as a solo entrepreneur, not, you know, a, a bigger business. And then that next year I went from 90 K to, to 138. And I like to, sh- that's, that is also a jump. And I like to share the numbers because I think it creates a level of transparency that most people don't, don't share like what's actually possible when you're running your own business. And that year when I was at 138, I w- I didn't have any more time, right? I was at my <laughs> limit with time and, and I, I didn't have anything left in me. And I really had to figure out what it was going to take because hard work was my, my, my strategy was my one tool. Oh, that's so, yeah. so recognizable. <laughs> yeah. Because you normally, a lot of people have that limiting belief that it needs always to be hard work. Although I think it's very hard work starting as an entrepreneur. I know that it is. And also, how did you feel like, what was the, 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 the big block you got out of the way in order for you to succeed? Because a lot of people listen and apply success strategies from the best and comparing themselves to the best. But what from your personal, real, raw experience was the thing like, okay, now I feel that I'm, that sky's the limit and that I can scale however much I want to. So the first thing you need to know is it, it happened incrementally, but quickly. So it doesn't happen with a flip of a switch, like, oh my God, I'm different. But it was a series of decisions over time about how I saw myself. So this is fundamentally your your self-image or your identity. And I had an identity, a a self-image of someone who wasn't worthy of what she desired. So Mm -hmm. I would always play that out in the set the big goals, not make them work really hard, feel disappointed. Um, And that would prove out that I wasn't worthy of the big stuff of being extraordinary in my own definition of it. Mm. And it wasn't that I wasn't doing okay or well, because I was moving the business ahead, but I was, I kept hitting what I call an invisible block, something that you can't see, yeah. but your results show that you're hitting the same block over and over and over again. You think you're doing something different on the daily, right? Yeah. You think, okay. <laughs> this is the new strategy. This is how I'm going to show up. But in fact, you're, you're playing out the same pattern again and again. And I had no idea what that was until I went down this path. And then I started to really change my self-image. And I, I did that by 
doing two things. One was changing my belief structure through constant space repetition, like just like, this is who I am. This is who I am. This is who I am. And then the second thing was I had to take action in the face of extraordinary discomfort. So mm-hmm. when things did not feel appropriate or right or acceptable, I had to do them anyway, yeah. because it was my, my subconscious programming saying like play out this self image versus go for more. So I have a really some simplistic example of this. Yeah. But I think it's very powerful. It's very powerful, like reaffirming and then making decisions in that form. Right. And doing that over and over and over again. And like I sometimes call it looking the cobra in the eye. So looking the cobra in the eye and actually doing what you, what you didn't do before. Could you give an example of the things that you didn't do before that you said, okay, this is what I'm doing right now, which has brought me uh, my next level or the growth that I was searching for. Yeah. I'll give you two. I'll give you one for my personal life and one for my business life. Cause I have a strong stance that we want both. We want to make great money and we want to live this great life. And we don't want this either or situation. We want the, and more. And yet most people think if I'm going to scale my business, I have to sacrifice the great life. And I don't think that you have to. So one of the things that I knew was that I wasn't showing up as the woman that I wanted to be, right? I wasn't expressing the beauty, the, the elegance, the grace, the, even the joy and laughter and, and exuberance. Okay. And so one of the first things I did was I got my nails done Yeah, (laughs) and I got the expensive manicure. Yeah. And I remember standing across the street thinking, is it okay for me to spend $45 on a manicure? Can I do that? And I, I kept going to the voice in my head, which was, what would Jack think? Jack was my husband at the time. Jack yeah. wouldn't care. Okay. Yeah. Like, Jack <laughs> was not like, this was not an issue for Jack, <laughs> but I was, I was putting the blame on him or making him responsible for my decisions. Cause I didn't want to make a mistake. I was so afraid of making any mistake in my life that I was paralyzed. And I, and, and there was that moment of just being paralyzed about it. And I had to force myself to go across the street, pay for the manicure, do it. And experience the discomfort of treating myself to this. Now it's like a no brainer. And, and this may not be the thing that is a big deal for the people in your audience, but there is something similar to that. Like I would never do that, or I don't spend money on myself that way. So that was one like example of how I just these little actions, right. And, you know, and then it came to getting your hair done and shopping in nicer stores and having a personal stylist and all of these different things that were incremental, but quick. Okay. So yeah, making quick decisions. I, I, yeah. I think a lot of people understand by the, the example that you made and the story that you t- uh, told, right? It's, it is, and there is a difference between not fu- feeling good enough and feeling unworthy of the success you want to have, right? Because not feeling good enough could also be, listen, I don't have the skills yet, or I need to figure this out, or I don't know how this works, or I don't have the strategy, but unworthiness. And I had this myself, right? Feeling, "Mm, should I do this, right? Isn't it too much? And the same thing, uh, what would my husband think, which also doesn't care (laughs) if I buy whatever, you know? So I think it's an amazing example. And 
you told uh, another example when it comes to to the business side. Yeah. So so one of the things that I did when I made that big leap from 138 to 700k was I raised my prices. Okay, mm, what I was yeah. charging. And there's only three ways to make more money in business. You raise yeah. your prices, you sell more products or services, or you add a new channel of income. I don't care what business you're in, I don't care who you are, everything fits on the revenue side, on the on the increase of income side into those three categories. And in order to raise your rates, and I tripled my rates, okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In order to do that, again, you extraordinary discomfort. Yeah. Okay? And I had to do it anyway, right? I had to stay the course and do it anyway and believe that I was worthy of that. Now that came with an outer game strategy as well. One, I needed to really up my, my um, sales game, if you will. Like I had to learn how to sell at a higher level than what I was selling before. And, and then I also really needed to, to understand what it was going to take to make what I was selling worthy of charging that and not just what I was selling, but who I was being yeah. in my profession to make it worthy of being, of, of charging that. And so I became a much better mentor. I became a much better coach, like, because I, I, I became super direct. I avoided all derailments. I kept people focused. I changed entirely how I showed up and my clients started getting extraordinary results. So it, it, it fed the change. It, it supported the change. So I did both. I, I made the change regardless of whether I had done that yet, but I backed it up with the, the, the tactical changes in who I was being and, and what, what was included in my coaching. Yeah. So do you agree that every level of financial success carries new, like, um, new challenges with it? Yes. But here's the, here's the thing for probably the first three years after that leap, right. The, 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 during the quantum leap, and then probably two more years after that, the experience of hitting my growth edge, right? Like, okay, here I go again. I'm going for more. This is more right now. And I haven't done this. So I feel anxious about it. And anxiety is a sign that you've hit your terror barrier. You've hit that place where you want to just turn back, right? (laughs) Like, no, no, no. I, I still felt the anxiety about it. I, I intellectually understood what was happening, but I still kinesthetically in my body still felt the discomfort. After that, I taught myself and trained myself to the point where now that doesn't happen. Okay. Now I know this is growth. This is just a problem to be solved. This is a challenge I need to, you know, figure out and I move forward without the emotional discomfort and anxiety. But that took me a long time to really work out internally how to do that because it wasn't overnight for me that I was there's an expression. You have to be comfortable in the discomfort. You have to be comfortable in the growth. There's always tension in the growth. And I really did experience that until I got to the place where that then became the norm. I understood what, what that was. And now it's just, okay, this requires some creative problem solving. This requires some innovation. How do I handle this rather than a big emotional response to it? 
Yeah, because it, it is a lot about emotions, right? That people don't move forward or get stuck or whatever. But getting comfortable in your uncomfortable zone is definitely the name of the game, when, especially when you're growing your business like rapidly, right? So, so Amira, besides all the mindset blocks and everything that we have been talking about, there is also, there is focus needed, of course, but there is also a lot of overwhelm, especially for women or mompreneurs or because they tend to try to do everything. Do you have some kind of solution for that? Absolutely. I mean, I think you really have to look at overwhelm from a variety of different perspectives. And, you know, it's the inner game, the outer game, the masculine, the feminine, right? Like you need to, to really get clear about where you're going and what you're doing and why it's important for you. And that's all very uh, structured oriented and, and masculine. And then you also need the accountability and the goal setting and all of that. And that's very masculine but then you need to really own the flow and own like how you truly want to live. And if you don't mind me sharing, we go over all of that in extraordinary detail at our Unstoppable Woman Income Breakthrough Summit. And that is a place where I just, I, I, I tackle this idea of how you scale, how you grow, the, the, the mindset and the tactical steps for scaling. So this is really the female entrepreneur's model for how to rapidly scale. And we really, I unpack the whole system that I teach my, my clients in this three-day event. Oh, and it's, it's really a three-day event. So people can attend live, right? Yes, they can attend live. It's virtual. So you can attend live from anywhere, which is fabulous. That's good. And, <laughs> yeah, and it's November. If people are interested, it's November 5th, 6th, and 7th. And the URL is the unstoppablewoman.com slash summit. And we have a great tribe of women. We build a great community. There's a lot of interaction. We workshop the whole process that I lay out so that you really walk away with a game plan for yourself and for your business. So that sounds amazing. Unstoppable women all in one place that I think that energy is going to be on fire. What, what were some outer circumstances that really helped you or that you needed to do outside the business in order for you to have a successful business? For example, the support network. So everything that you did outside the strategies and the tactics that mm -hmm. really help you move forward with your business and your Absolutely. own growth. I'm a relationship person. I'm an extrovert in my business and an introvert in my personal life. Okay. So <laughs> I, I love going out there in the world and connecting with people. And then I like having my alone time, but I really built great relationships when I was in my extrovert mode. And I did that on social media one-to-one -one in the beginning. It was not a big social media campaign. It wasn't a lot of one-to-many kind of getting the word out. Now we have a podcast, right? Now we do yeah. social media. Now we do all these things. But in the beginning, it was very much one-to-one -one and I just built relationships with people. Mm. And that was huge. And then I hired a mentor who had a track record of helping people break through. And I did everything he said. And I, yeah. I decided I was going to be coachable and it scared the bejeebers out of me. <laughs> um, but, but I did it right. And yeah. And and I, and I did it as quickly as I possibly could. It's one of the, the success strategies that I teach my clients is like, make, make quick decisions because yeah. you will, you will get the feedback 
faster than the person who takes longer to make a decision, that feedback back may be the result you want or the result you don't want, but you can always course correct if it's not the result that you want. So you, you actually always win with fast decisions. Now that doesn't mean you shouldn't be tapped in and connecting to your truth, or you should make a decision before you're, you're super clear, but you have to learn how to get out of the noise so that you can tap into that clarity very quickly. Cause that's one of the things that really helped me succeed and close the gap on time. Yeah, very important. And especially what you said about uh, doing exactly how your mentor or coach is saying. <laughs> because I can, re- I can remember that I had also some programs and, and, and mentors and coaches and I was not, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. And not, it wasn't resistance. It was more like I wasn't in that phase yet, right? So I up-leveled like four levels while I still needed to, to grow into that level mm-hmm. to say, okay, now I'm going to do exactly what you need, what, what you're saying to me. And I think that's so powerful because if it's a proven strategy and it works, then you should listen to your coach or mentor. So um, tell me, tell me about a client of yours. Tell me about some, a, an amazing result that you were like flabbergasted. How is this even possible that this person, um, had this result and how did this person achieve it? What, what was the single uh, point of success? So I'm going to use one of my clients. Her name is Lauren Wheeler. She's a landscape designer. Okay. She, she, when she first started working with me, she would put in proposals for $34,000. These were residential proposals. She was getting them, but she had bigger dreams for herself Hmm. and and quite frankly, her, her business was running her. She had relationships with her team members that were emotionally dysfunctional. They mm. were erring on the side of blackmailing. And by the way, she's done tons of testimonials and shared this story widely. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not telling any tales out of school, but you know, she, she very much was chasing her tail and not feeling worthy of really growing her business. So the first thing we had to do was, was release the, the toxic team members, which was challenging because they'd been with her for a long time and they were like family, but they, but, and she didn't realize how dysfunctional they were until she realized it when we were working together and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. And, and the result was that step-by-step step, she, she really grew her business to the point where she started getting contracts. And then she got million dollar contracts. And now she's bought two other companies and she's on her way to making it, having a $10 million company. Right. And she started with a 30, you know, I mean, she was making more than 34,000 a year, but those were, that was the size of the contracts that she was getting. And now she, she has a great team. She's, she doesn't flip out, you know, when things (laughs) don't work properly, she understands how business works. Um, the people that her colleagues before who were sort of, I wouldn't say demeaning, that's not the right word, but they were kind of bossing her around when they would do collaborations now turn to her, right. And, and ask for her advice and what would you do here and how would you handle this? And, and so, you know, I mean, she's still in the growth, she's still going for more, but it's a real turnaround. And, and, and the reason I used this one was because we talked about self-worth, the big thing for her was owning her worth and not, you know, not seeing herself as small, but seeing herself as worthy of what she desired. Wow. That's, that's very powerful, especially because it referenced to the beginning of the podcast and 
you you have been doing uh you have an own podcast which is amazing and you have been talking about money mindset and i i think that a lot of people uh, attach maybe their worthiness and they compare it to money and they say okay this is an amount that i'm not worth or this is my like uh limits or ceiling so what would your advice be when someone has like a money mindset issue what would you say to that person so this is really a trust issue there's two things going on here one you're you're not used to owning your desires and desire is causative desire is the force that calls us forward into more and so if you're unable to say I want this, whether it's a, a financial revenue goal or a thing or a relationship or how you want to be treated. If you're not able to claim the desire, mm. that's the first place to start. Now, the, the thing with claiming your desire is that you have been programmed, generally speaking, mm. at a very young age to not believe that you are worthy of having what you want. So you ask mom or dad, Hey, can I have the, those cute new tennis shoes? That's what it was for me. I yeah. tennis <laughs> shoes, okay. And yeah. my parents would, would say, you don't need that. Those name brands. We're fine with this. The, the no name brand. Right. And I would be disappointed because all the cute girls at school had the cute shoes and I yeah. wanted the cute shoes too. And uh, and were they bad people? No, my parents were great people, but I still made meaning out of that, yeah. that, that meant I wasn't worthy of beautiful, nice things. And if you're not worthy of something, then why would you do the very challenging work to go create the money to have the things because mm -hmm. money is not a currency for happiness or love or great conversations, exactly. right? You know, it's yeah. a currency for buying things Yeah, and it's a tool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you have to break it down to, to what's driving that. And if you don't have that really super, super clear, you're always going to stay in, in confusion. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think that's very helpful. So um, tell me a little bit more about the scaling part. So what would you recommend for someone who wants to scale, but feels stuck at this moment? So doing very well, but getting stuck at a, a specific point, maybe because of the pandemic or whatever is happening. So could you give some advice how you would, uh, how, how you would approach that? Do you have steps that you need to follow or what would you advise someone who would ask you that question? Yeah. So there's really two, two directions to, to work on. There's the inner game, which we've talked a, a lot about, but that's changing your identity, your self-image, your belief structure, how you're perceiving the world. This is using the law of relativity, right? It's really, really understanding how the laws of the universe work. That's the inner game, the feminine, right? And yeah. then the outer game is you actually have to evaluate your business model. So I have something called the scale plan where I take people through how to do that, where you look at where you want to be. Is it a true desire? Is it a stretch goal? Is it really calling you forward? Is it something that you really want? Because like I said, desire is costive. And then where are you now? And what's the gap there? And how then do we bridge the gap? And, and you have to do the math on that and look at the your service offerings or pro your product offerings and figure out if you're an entrepreneur, if you're in business, um, in corporation, right. If you're working for a company, then you need to figure out, okay, what's my strategy for making more money in a company. And there's some specific strategies around 
that as well. But so this, you have to do the math and you have to make sure that the math works with the amount of time that you actually have so that you're not, you don't burn out. So we have a program that is currently free. It, It comes with a training and worksheets and a spreadsheet to help you do the math, right? So that you can figure out if it works. And if people are interested in that, you can find it in our Facebook group. We have it in the the resource section there. So that's amazing. And it will be in the show notes. So you can grab it and and check it out. Definitely do that. Um, But when it comes to, you, you said something important about a burnout, right? Because a lot of people going out thinking need to work harder is there another way, in your opinion, that you can give an example of that you didn't work harder, harder, but still w- was able to scale? Absolutely. So there's there's one example that I gave already, which is you raise your prices. Yeah. That's a <laughs> that's an inner game. Okay. Yeah, that's that's a, game. that's hard work on the inside because you have to face the you know no one else is charging that much or like am I really worth it or like will anyone pay? And there's yeah you know a, a whole pricing strategy around that that, that will help you. But the, the, the other thing to do is, is to, to leverage, right? So it depends on the industry that you're in, but you can work one to many instead of one to one. And, um, that's, that's very useful. And then you can add a new channel of income, but you have to really be sensitive to this because if you just add a new channel, because you haven't figured out how to scale your current channels because mm. you don't have the level of awareness or you don't know how to do that yet. Yeah. And that can be dangerous because then you'll just hit the same level that you've always hit with this new channel. And mm. you need to really evaluate, is this a knowledge issue on my part? Do I need to actually get help from someone who actually knows how to scale this model? So that's what I, that's the advice I would give people. Yeah. yeah. And that's amazing. So first work out the channel that you're doing because you're going to make the same mistakes maybe in the other channel. It's like two businesses, right? So that's, that's great advice. So Amira, if you would be like the one and only person that can speak about how to step into your best mindset and how to really break through whatever is holding you back, but you're the only person who can speak about this. What, 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 would, what would your talk be? What would you say? Yeah, I would say that you actually need to step outside of yourself and work with someone else who's at a higher level of awareness because the, the challenge that we all have, myself included, like I can do my own work, but I also work still with people who are far beyond me. The, the, the 50 million a year people and the hundred million a year people, right? They have a different perspective on life. And when I, when I listen to them and work with them, that changes my perspective and it shows me what I'm not seeing from, for myself. So you need to change your perspective. And most people who are just starting off are, are very locked into their own perspective, their own belief structure, their own way of seeing the world. And it keeps them stuck playing at the same level. So don't trust your own beliefs. You don't have to throw all of them out, but you have to actually acknowledge that you would be getting different results if you knew differently. Okay. If you were actually like thinking you, if you actually had a success mindset, right. If you actually knew what actually got the results that you wanted, 
If you knew what that was already, you would be doing it. But right now, if you're not getting those results, you're not doing it. I use, and it's not a value judgment. I use that same principle on myself. And that's why I keep up-leveling and keep up-leveling and keep up-leveling. So that's what I would, I would share with people. That was absolutely powerful. Guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure to watch the show notes and to grab uh, the free plan that she's giving for scaling. And I will see you next week where we will be leveling up again. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Vault. Respect for showing up and creating your next stage of life and business. If you like this episode, I invite you to dive deeper and stay. The S stands for subscribe and share. Make a screenshot right now and pay it forward and send this to five friends who can benefit from this value. The T stands for try and transform. Try the technique, at least until the next episode. The A stands for action. Action creates success. Don't stay a student when you have a code. You should try to open the vault. And finally, the Y stands for you. This is about the most valuable asset of the vault and life in general. The one and only authentic you. So if this was your code, please comment and help the vault grow. Hashtag unlocked, hashtag next level, hashtag dive deeper. And see you next week to level up again.